0: The 307 RPG Podcast is streamed live every Sunday morning on twitch.tv slash 307RPG at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. You can also find us at our website 307RPG.com on YouTube and on most podcasting apps. Hello everybody and welcome to the 307 RPG Podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Nolan. I'm Zach. Got Nolan right as he was about to take a drink.
1: That's awesome. Just trying to survive. (laughs) It's nice and early
0: fellas it's been a super busy week for me that has absolutely nothing to do with gaming so hopefully you both have something to tell me so i can live vicariously through both of you who wants to go first
1: heck i always start rambling about world of warcraft so you can you can go
2: uh i don't even i don't even know i, I spent a lot of time on my couch over the past two weeks because after a procedure so i did i've played a lot of video games i read a lot of books um Kind of burnt out. The uh, League of Legends, which I've never played before, came out with a cartoon called Arcana or Arcanum. Arcana, yeah, Arcana, and it was actually really good. I think the first six of nine episodes are out. Like shockingly good.
1: Huh. I think after they did Dragon's Blood with uh, Dota, that yeah. uh, League of Legends is like, okay, watch this. So
2: yeah, that's that is it, kind of the feeling
1: it the art style of it reminded me a lot of dishonored
2: it did yeah and i think the setting i don't know i don't know jack about league of legends like i said like i i do remember the original dota game and i remember how toxic it was when it was a mod for warcraft i don't want to do i don't want to do this i like i don't have it in me so i didn't know anything about like the world or the setting but it all kind of made sense you know like a nice little bit of class conflict I do feel like it was written a little bit ago because cops in the U.S. are not the good guys anymore. And I felt like kind of the conflict there of order versus chaos is kind of a little played out. But besides that, yeah, the animation is fantastic. Especially the arcana. The the art direction itself is fantastic. Like whoever was in charge of like Carrying out that vision, they had a real good eye. Okay,
0: I'll have to look into that
1: one. You would, you would really like it. It's uh, very steampunky, very like the upper class. Air quotes nobles live in the upper city, the lower class people live in the under city. There's a uh, there's an agreement as you stay away from us, we stay away from you, you run your turf, I run mine. And then you throw in a little bit of science and a little bit of magic, and it's got airships, and it, it's it's a Patrick show, realistically. Oh uh, well, like, then I'm
0: gonna have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it yeah, it it's it's like a Patrick, a
1: Patrick show. show.
0: Well, Nolan, what about you? What have you been up to?
1: I became extremely depressed and excited at, all at the same moment when I got my 10 year anniversary edition for Skyrim. <laughs> Realizing that that came out 10 years ago.
2: (laughs) Yeah, November 11th.
1: Yep. So they came out with their definitive anniversary edition with some remastering of graphics, brought in some Creation Club stuff. It was a $20 add-on to my game. I've been meaning to play through it again. I've never beaten it, but I have several hundred hours of living in the world. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to finally beat it. And then they announced this. So... I waited and waited and waited, and so I picked that up. Uh, did some more World of Warcraft, which was fun. Uh, yesterday was a nice windy day, so I actually literally went out and flew a kite. So,
0: oh, fun! <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. I bet that's the boys that. love that.
1: Yeah, it took us a little oh, no, bit. They weren't involved. Just no, it was just me. <laughs> You're right. I should invite them next time. I bet they would love that. So, uh, other that's than that, uh, a very quiet weekend. Oh, uh, speaking of weird Netflix shows, uh, my oldest uh, stumbled upon a cartoon series on netflix called centaur world and it is an entire world about centaurs and then there's like lamb centaurs and giraffe centaurs and chicken centaurs and mole people centaurs and it is the best weirdest worst thing i've ever seen on tv it is a whole musical like everything is a song like and it's ridiculous and yeah minotaurs are invading a human world though this horse and her rider they get separated from each other and she ends up in centaur world and she's trying to find her rider and all along the way like there's these musicals and this stuff happening the reason i bring this up is it gets to the end where they find the portal to get back to the horse finds a way to get back to her rider and it's a big deal because she symbols these keys from the Shaman to open the portal. And the portal leads from Centaur World to the Nowhere Land back to the real world that's being invaded by Min- Min- Minotaurs, I believe. And uh, there's a there's a witch there's like, you can't go in there. Do you know what lives in there? It's the Nowhere King. And this children's lullaby kicks on singing a song about the Nowhere King. And it is like a group of little kids singing the song about this creature that just... Absorbs everything and nothing. And like the final lines of this song are, are uh something along the lines of the only way you see the Nowhere King happy is when he sees the light leave your eyes. And it's this really cute kids' singing song. And Xander cannot stop humming the melody. And so finally he's like, I'm going to write down this song. I just have to know the words. I'm gonna see it. And then we read the words, and it is the scariest thing I've ever been a part of in my entire life. Like I'm just like. This is absolutely terrifying. So anyway, if you get a chance, look up a clip. I'm not saying watch the whole thing. It's interesting. There are mole people who look like, I mean, like they like drip like they're worms on top, but with human faces and then have mole bodies. And it—and like they lean up against you and just like slime the people in the show. It is the grossest, most disturbing thing. And then they break into song and you're just like, I have no idea what's happening. And we watched all 10 episodes. So there you go. Centaur World. Okay.
2: I love that Netflix is just like, we will fund anything. Why not? Yeah. yeah give us 12 not? episodes of Centaur, people. We don't give a damn. It's
1: coming out for season two in December. My kid can't be happier.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of shows, I stumbled upon, it's an older show. Uh, it was on HBO called Carnival. Have you guys ever seen this? I've heard of it. Uh, I think I have. It takes place uh, during the Dust Bowl era. And it's this traveling carnival, and there's all sorts of mysticism and things like that. And it it's it's really really good. I guess there's only three episodes made. Uh, I think it was, I want to say it came out in maybe 2010, and that might be too soon. It might have been even older than that, but it is it is really good. So if you have HBO Max, uh, I highly recommend you check this show out because it is it's fantastic. I'm about. I think I have like two episodes left of season one, which I don't ever binge a series. So it takes me weeks to get through a series. So I'm right on par. Uh, the other thing I did this week was um, I don't know why nostalgia hit and I ended up purchasing and watching the never ending story. Yeah. And I didn't realize just how fast Artax dies in that movie. Like it's like you meet Artax in a tree once and then he's dead and you're like, This was like a childhood destroying moment for me, right? This is, I remember like the first time we watched this, my brother and I sitting on the floor, just transfixed by this movie and then absolutely in tears because this horse whom we only met once is now dead. (laughs) And it's gotta be the way Atreyu was screaming and stuff. I don't know. I was watching it again and I'm like, yep, I can see where that would have gotten me, but I cry at movies. So it's whatever. That's a
1: brutal show. It is. I mean, yeah, it's real, great, but yeah, I, I, I remember that one growing up as well. Um, and they did like what, two others after. Yeah. I never yeah. watched those.
0: I just watched the original.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think we were probably okay stopping at one on that
0: one. The other thing I've been doing, um, you guys, uh, I think our listeners know that I get involved with theater quite a bit. Uh, I'm currently involved in a show called all together. Now it actually closes today. All together. Now is a celebration of community theater. And it is only being done this weekend. And it is being, I want to say they said there was something like 44 countries and 5,000 theater companies involved in this show. And it's a it's a complete Broadway musical review. Uh, all these um, Broadway composers have donated their songs to this show so that oh. it, theaters can can perform them without any royalties. So there's songs in it from, uh, guys and dolls, Jekyll and Hyde, uh, songs from a new world, uh, frozen, and of course, into the woods. And Mm -hmm. the director of this show was amazing in that she gathered up the cast of into the woods from our show that closed because of COVID and has us singing this song. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's pretty cathartic. It's it's yeah, it's good. And I could, there's also songs from like Les Mis and I mean, it's really good, and uh, I am performing several songs. Um, like I, I do a song from Jekyll and Hyde from. Uh, a, so, a show called Come From Away, which I had never heard of before, uh, Guys and Dolls, of course, Into the Woods, Rent, uh, another so, show uh, called uh, From the Yeah I know Zach stuff, From This Island I think is what it's called. Uh, just just a ton of st- stuff, and it's been really good. We had a packed house last night. The theater was completely full. Had a lot of streaming tickets sold, so there was a lot of people watching from out of state. So yeah. That's that's what I have been up to. That's what's completely occupied me. This has been a very busy week of, you know, getting off work, going straight to the theater, not getting home till nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever. So it'll be good to have this close, uh, but also sad at the same time. It's always sad when you close a show because all these people that you've been around, you don't get to see anymore. So, yeah. So that's what I've been up to. But. We do have some stuff to talk about. There was definitely some news uh, in Dungeons and Dragons. Before we get to that, though, I just want to say real quick our topic for the day is They Came From Beyond the Grave from Onyx Path. Uh, this was kickstarted more than a year ago and is slated to be printed at the beginning of 2022. Onyx Path has been very open about the printing woes that they have, uh, and a lot of books are being printed at the beginning of 2022. I'm going to have like this massive package show up. But as Onyx Path does, they did send the PDF out to backers. And as a backer, we, of course, received a copy of the PDF. So I thought it'd be interesting to talk about that game a little bit, maybe talk about some of the character classes and some of the rules stuff that we liked. But we do have some news in Dungeons and Dragons, and I wanted to pop over there real quick. Uh, Wizards of the Coast has released a tease for the upcoming book, Strixhaven, A Curriculum of Magic. Things like improv festivals, social encounters, frog races, and tavern games. I mean, is this Hogwarts or what? Yeah. That's, I yep. mean, that's kind of how it feels. These things have all been spoiled. Have either of you taken a look at the, any of these spoilers?
1: I didn't look at any of the spoilers just because it didn't originally didn't click a lot with kind of what I was interested in because um, I didn't know how you would play it. Uh, just from a standpoint of where is this place in the world? I guess if you're playing in Strixhaven, it makes sense. Um, it's like for me the uh, well, I think if you look at like uh, the Ravnica uh, guilds are very strong backgrounds for the normal world. All of a sudden, you have insane magic progression for classes that don't normally have that that's what you have here as well like these backgrounds or backgrounds if you went to shirk college as a fighter even bare bones like you flunked out because you didn't have any magical talent you still get spells all through your career because of your background and that feels really i don't know it feels really strong i think it'd be really fun for a story but it just is i don't know it seems like everybody would go to this school because it for power standpoint i guess so I what just, are your I
2: thoughts? It, uh, I, I just think it's real dumb. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Like
1: I, I, I think, think it it's... hits another thing. They're pretty good about knowing um, gaps in their stuff that doesn't hit everybody, right? So I think that's probably what they're here. I mean. Yeah, it screams Hogwarts, and if you really like Hogwarts, they're like, "I can't." I've been waiting for this. There are people who have been waiting for this, and at the very minimum, having an idea of what a wizarding school in Five E looks like, I think, could be handy because we have a background called a scholar or whatever. You went, I went to university or tried to go to university. Um, it also made me think of, uh, oh, what was Patrick Rothfussen's book? Uh, Name, the of, the Name of the Wind. Yeah. It made me think, think of like, good. yeah, I was like, okay, maybe you could do something like that. Like this is the way to, you know, like that is kind of a little Hogwartsy style, like kid trying to get it with a huge, like a minor part to the overarching story. But that's what they played Playing being a bard in a college town. You know what I mean? Like trying to pay for school or something like that. Like it, it, we had a lot of fun with Waterdeep. I could see us playing this one. So,
0: so I do want to mention real quick. There is a podcast called the Fae Forge Academy. This is a dd and d 5E podcast that this show uh, takes place in the Fay Forge Academy, which sits on the border of like the Material Plane and the Feywild. And they've been out for a while. Um, gosh, I think they're up to like 72 episodes. So long before Strixhaven was a thing. Uh, if you guys are interested in checking it out, you should go to FaveforgeAcademy.com. They do a really good job. Great show. I highly recommend them. But it is a school of magic. And I know Strixhaven was probably an R&D with Magic the Gathering for quite a while before, you know, before Phage Forge Academy came out. And I, and and obviously there's no one who, I mean, if you're going to patent the School of Magic, I'd imagine it's going to be Hogwarts, right? Because it's like, yeah. and, and sure, there's other schools of Magic before yeah. Hogwarts. But um, I just think, you know, if you're really interested in that, I would I would listen to fayforge Forge Academy first and, and just kind of see how they're doing it. And because I think, like I said, they do a great job. So, and it helps actually that one of their cast is from Wyoming. So that's cool. Heck yeah. So I know Strixhaven comes out in December. It was delayed originally. I think it was supposed to come out in November and it was pushed back. Um, it's not I, a twice. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think, cause I got to think about that. It was supposed to be out in October. Yeah. I think. Um. Uh-huh. It's not one that I'm going to be picking up, just not that interested in it. But I guarantee you, there's plenty of people who will be super excited this, about this book. And I'm happy for you. I hope this book fills
1: what you're looking for. So I think I, I don't know. I always like different takes on magic. Uh, OK, again, we're getting a lot of animals in the world. So I was really hesitant against bunny people. I'm going to at least keep my mouth shut and see if I like out people now. So fair enough. Let's just, see. Go
0: ahead,
2: Zach. I, I feel my problem is that I don't think 5th edition lends itself to a, a school setting. I don't think any Dungeons and Dragons is going to lend itself to a school setting. Like I that it, I don't think you can maintain verisimilitude in that setting ever for any reason at all. You have to just be like, "Yep, no, you you know what you're going? You're going to rage class where all my barbarians are going to learn how to rage." And I'm like, "I think there is a Dimension 20 has a real play series with incredibly high production value about that. And it's a joke and it's meant to be a joke, but it, it's a joke. Like, I don't think you can be serious about that setting because it's dumb. <laughs> but uh, clearly Zach is not buying this book, but I also really don't like that. They keep stealing magic settings, make your own, make new settings. Yeah, I think the only
0: magic setting that I would there's there's two that I'd be excited about Innistrad because I think Innistrad is an amazing world. And um, oh, gosh, uh, the Morning Tide, Eventide uh, area that those sets were amazing. Um, I really like them. And I thought that I mean, it would have been great. They could have easily thrown that as a Feywild crossover and that would have been fine. They could have taken stuff from magic and put it in a Feywild book and I would have been perfectly happy with it.
1: Well, I think we're getting—I don't know—at some point, right? We got to be getting closer and closer to some sort of spell jammer, and that really does kind of open up that idea of you are a planeswalker and it, you can just go wherever you want. You are curious about, uh, you know, Ravenloft. You are curious about Strixhaven. Now you find yourself in Everon. You know, go play them, do a mini campaign, be a planeswalker, hop around. I mean, I think we're all kind of building towards that, hopefully. So, mostly, I just want to see spell jammer. Fair enough.
0: Let's see. There was a new release date announced for the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons movie. The movie is now scheduled to be released on March 23rd, 2023. This date, of course, is subject to change. And I would assume, as it already has changed a couple of times, it will probably change again. But still, we do have... I noticed that on IMDb that this was the date that they had. Still, I'm mean, like I said, it's something to look forward to. We don't have any spoilers. I know there's been a couple of pictures and stuff that have come out, but nothing major, so we have no idea what the plot's about. Hopefully we see something soon, and hopefully it's something to be excited about. Other, let's see, other news that I found uh, not Watsy related. Uh, the cable network G4 has a new Dungeons and Dragons show coming to their network. Pulled this straight from the announcement: Dungeons and Dragons presents Invitation to Party, a t- uh, television's first program dedicated to tabletop gaming. Will bring together a group of comedians and content creators who form an intrepid party of adventures as they roll the dice for riches, glory, and survival. Viewers who watch during the show's live stream on Twitch and YouTube will also have a hand in the action as they will be able to directly affect gameplay via real-time voting. Outrageous prompts, story beats, NPC characters, and obstacles will be imagined and sourced by our viewers at home and in studio for the DM and players to execute. Uh, It does mention that it will be live streamed on Twitch and YouTube, so that's the plan is that it will be live streamed there first and then broadcasted on G4. I do want to say real quick, This is not the first TV show dedicated to tabletop gaming. I was a huge fan of Will Wheaton's tabletop, and that did get broadcast on a cable network. Okay. So, and I was trying to find out which network it was that had it, and I couldn't find it, but I do know that it was broadcasted. Uh, And it was, I love that show. I think it's fantastic. I learned how to play a lot of board games for that show. (laughs)
2: Let's
0: see, the show will be DM'd. Go ahead,
2: Zach. Wheaton actually had a show on G4. Yes, he did. Yep. I don't know what it was called, but I, remember I, I it. don't either.
0: The show will be deemed by B. Dave Walters uh, and it'll be made up of the following players whose names I cannot pronounce. Kasem. hmm. Yeah. Gareba. Uh, I, you know, I feel so bad when I read these names. I, I really do because I want to get it right. And there's just I can't. I apologize. Fiona Nova, Indiana Black and Ifi Nawadi. Sure. Uh, I apologize to all of you because I'm sure I just butchered your names. Do either of you spend any time watching G4?
2: Not anymore because I don't yeah. have TV, but uh I think G4 was I remember I watched a lot of G4. They had a lot of different shows, but the big ones was Attack of the Show. I think that's the only one which was kind of just like a like a, a it was like a daytime news kind of thing, the daily like the TV I don't even know what you would describe it, like the Oprah show, but for video game based Where Olivia Munn, got her start. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. OK. Um, and the other one was X play, which was video game focused. A lot of video game reviews. I think it was the first time like me personally, I would have been like 11, 12, 13, 14, when I heard people talk about video games as if they were art form and therefore deserving serious critique. Not just good or bad, but whether or not they succeeded as art. And I know that one of the hosts, Morgan Webb, played Dungeons and Dragons for Wizards of the Coast, some of their events. Like she played with, uh, like it was like an. She played with Patrick Rothfuss and uh, one of the creators of Fifth Edition, Chris Perkins. Like there's a. I remember watching a little bit of it. I don't. Looking it up to see if I can find it. (laughs) Yeah, we'd have to look it up. I remember a funny thing where there were literal loot loot drops that you could buy with real money. Like the DM was like making these these people is like, yeah, okay, you oh, want to reroll? Dude. Like, give me five bucks.
0: How silly of me! It's Acquisitions Inc. Yeah, yeah. Oh my <clears throat> gosh! The, I mean, you even said Patrick Rothfuss. How did I miss that?
2: Jeez, Cody. Was yeah. So, so I'm not sure if. Hopefully, it's a thing where I would assume that. There's that connection because I think XPlay started up again with the old hosts Morgan Webb and Adam Sessler. I, so, I genuinely don't know. Yeah, I'd say for my adolescence, yeah, XPlay was a big was a big deal. I don't think if it has restarted. I don't think
0: she's on I'm on her Wikipedia page right now. Apparently, she was also uh, hosted Blizzard's now defunct monthly World of Warcraft discussion program, Wow Source. I didn't even know they had that.
1: Anyway, pre, pre-YouTube, pre pre-Twitch days, right? Yeah. Not, no not necessarily pre-YouTube, but before that became the thing.
2: Pre, yeah, yeah, no, pre-YouTube. Like, it is one of those things where it would not have, no one would have put it on national television right now. Because you can have shows of this quality every single day with independent Twitch streamers. Like you can, you can find like Noah Caldwell, or like we'll do hour-long dissertations on video games. X Play had five minutes to talk about Mass Effect Three. That's yeah. yeah. I don't know.
0: Okay. Well, let's pop over to Onyx Path real quick. Their latest Kickstarter, Trinity Continuum Anima, will be going live on Tuesday, November 18th. I grabbed this from uh, their Monday meeting notes. What is Trinity Continuum Anima? A brand new Trinity Continuum game. Unlike TC Aeon, TC Aberrant, and TC Adventure, this isn't a second edition of a previously made game. This is a completely new setting in the year 2084, sitting between TC Aeon and TC Aberrant. A new take on cyberpunk. Unlike a hundred gritty, worn-down cyberpunk dystopias, the city of Cascade is shiny and new. Characters will still fight a fascist government and unethical corporations, but they do so in a gleaming city full of potential and hope. Well, that's interesting. A video game in an RPG. This isn't a tabletop adaptation of a popular video game. This is a new system that allows the characters of TC Anima to themselves play in a fully immersive MMO. The rules are designed to make the experience feel like playing in a video game. It's a modern take on cyberware. No loss of humanity or essence happens in T.C. Anima. Nearly every character has cyberware, either as a brain implant or as an assistive devices after a, after a devastating war. Using cyberware doesn't make you less of a person, but it does open new dramatic possibilities. And finally, a mystery you can dig into right away. Streamers of a popular video game, Terra Surge, are disappearing. Why? That question, I love that they're including streamers in this. Uh, That question is something that can draw the players, player characters in immediately, or story guides can focus on other parts of the setting to create their own conflicts and intrigue. It is, um, yeah, coming to uh, Kickstarter on Tuesday, November 18th. So if you're a fan of the Trinity Continuum, here you go. Here's a brand new version of the game to play. Also from Onyx Path out this week is the print-on-demand versions of Legend Lore that is available on Drive-Thru RPG. There's a link in the show notes. If you're unsure or un... un uh, oh, wow. Or if you don't know what Legend Lore is, you can check out the recent podcast that we did on it. I do have a link in the show notes for that as well because we kind of talked a little bit about that and gave our first thoughts on it. That is all I saw from Onyx Path Did either of you see anything else.
2: Nope, not Ronix Path, though. Though they, they do have a book coming out early 2022. Which one is that? They came from Beyond the Grave.
0: They have a lot of books coming out early 2022. That's <laughs> why <I'm
2: talking>
0: to... <laughs> so I was like, which one is that? I think it's what, like Deviant and uh, maybe Deviant. I... Sorry, been no. Yeah, Deviant and Mummy and They Came From and <laughs> Legend Lore. And <laughs> Legend Lore, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot anyway. of them. Um, over at Free League, the Kickstarter for Cyborg, the cyberpunk spinoff for Mork Borg, is absolutely, I mean, just destroying it. The initial ask was for $11,535 are sitting at six hundred ninety-three dollars at the time of this writing. Now, I will say, as I was finishing the show notes, I kept looking over at the, the damn marker and it just kept going up. Like, yeah, yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> so, if you're a, fr- a fan of Morkborg, I highly suggest you check this one out. It's Rules Light, Rage Heavy, a fevered dream of tech, punk, and fury. The cyberpunk spin off game Cyborg, based on the compatible and with multi award winning apocalyptic heavy metal RPG Morkborg, has launched on Kickstarter by Stockholm Cartel. I'm, I don't know, I might back this one.
2: I'm probably going to.
0: Are you? It, God, yeah, look cool. it looks really cool. So, I think uh, you're gonna get a good book. Yep, absolutely. Freely also announced a, the book at the Mountain of Madness, volume two, scheduled to be released November 23rd. Now, I don't, I was looking pretty hard at this one. I don't think this is an RPG, uh, I think this is just a Cthulhu, uh, HP uh, Lovecraft book. That they're redoing uh, with with some incredible art, uh, and I could be wrong, but I was looking all over, and I just can't see anywhere where this talks about this being an RPG or a setting book for Call of Cthulhu. Um, according to the press release, it says, "Dreadful secrets lie beneath the ice, waiting to be discovered. Strange cyclopean structures squat amidst the mountains, towering in the distance, promising only madness to those who dare to explore the alien architecture." return to the final days of the dire expedition in the remote antarctic waste a place of frozen waste desolation and things best left forgotten we are thrilled to say that the classic horror story at the mountains of madness volume two written by the legendary horror writer h.p lovecraft and illustrated by critically acclaimed artist francois baranger will release november 23rd in partnership with design studio press madness awaits. And you can, of course, pre-order the book on free leagues website. I do have the a link in the show notes for that. So yeah, that doesn't, what do you guys think? That doesn't sound like it's a, a, a supplement or anything. It just sounds like it's a book.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see what they, what's coming next with that. If they're filling the waters to see if there needs to be something coming back around or what?
0: Well, and, and of course, Chaosium has the has the title, well, has always had the li- the license for Call of Cthulhu. So I know there's some other Cthulhu-ish, or not Cthulhu-ish, but other Cthulhu lines like um, Octon Cthulhu and such that Modifius has. But for the most part, Chaosium has everything on Call of Cthulhu. So I don't know. I don't know what this is. I did see it when I went to this website or went to the Free League website to see what was going on with this. I did see the, the pre-order for this, but there was also the book A Call of Cthulhu. So I would assume that these are just H.P. Lovecraft books that they're doing. And I was looking at some of the art and oh, my gosh, looks amazing. Okay, so I know there's a lot of the news out that I just didn't have time to grab this week, guys. And I do apologize for that. Um, I saw some stuff from Modiphius. I saw I was going to check Cubicle 7 as well to see what else is there as well as Renegade Games. But I just didn't have a chance to look at any of that stuff. I did. I was going to tell you guys that I did spend time this week reading the book or yeah. last week or this week? Whatever. I read the the new book of Nod from Renegade Games for Vampire uh, Masquerade 5th Edition. Um, Fantastic book. I mean, I remember reading it more than 20 years ago when it first came out and and really loved it then. And I mean, just you could take excerpts from this book and drop them into any story and create a whole storyline based around it. That's awesome. It's pretty neat. Yep. And it's done. I mean, I shouldn't say it's done in the style of Beckett's Jihad Diary because maybe Beckett's Jihad Diary is done in the style of this. And it's cool because like this is the annotated Book of Nod. So it is all the annotations are being written by Anatoly, who is Beckett's adopted sire. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. Yep. Thoroughly enjoying that book. All right, so that does bring us to our topic for this week. And that topic, of course, is They Came From Beyond the Grave, which is a new RPG from Onyx Path. This is the second book in the They Came From line that was created by Matthew Dawkins. If you want to learn about the... the the Wow, that's a mouthful, guys. If you want to learn about the They Came From line, you can check out the interview that we did with Matthew for They Came From Beneath the Sea. This game is not currently available in POD, but you can purchase the jumpstart guide for it on drive through RPG, uh, which is. Um... Oops, I completely forgot it. Anyway, there is a link for it in the show notes. So let's start with you. Let's go to you for Zach. What were your first initial thoughts on this on this book? If you
2: if you want to play a 60s B horror film, they've got you covered. Which is exactly what it's supposed to be. Although I think um, it's actually set in the 70s. Oh, is it? it's I don't know, some it's part psycho part uh, i'm trying to part uh the house on haunted hill or um yeah I f- absolutely <sighs> that's my first thought it does what it, it does what it set out to do so.
1: nolan how about you i think the big thing for me is i did not realize i guess size-wise uh on the blue pdf thing there 301 pages It's a lot bigger book than I thought it was going to be, I guess. Uh, The art style of it, I continue to enjoy kind of how they set these things up. Uh, It's clearly an Onyx Path style book. And I loved, I enjoy the classes. I think it is one of those things of like, you're like, oh yeah. And so you're going to have somebody that you think of from a movie or something like that. They're like, oh, this is this character. This is great. I love the tail end of the book. When you get towards like the very back end of it, you get little like quip, cards for each class to help you role play your character more um and some of the 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 scene uh diversions and stuff like that i think are great but i i would like a one of the things i enjoyed about playing my bard was getting a list of vicious mockeries you know that type of thing and so this feels like some of those things of uh, uh you could add to the game just for some fun have your stack of cards of like oh this is okay this is the thing of hey I don't know. You always love the guy that's like, stay behind me, you know, come with me if you want to live, you know, you get those kind of things and then they're the first ones to die always. So that's right.
0: (laughs) Well, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I I didn't get a chance to thoroughly dig into this. um, But if I'm not mistaken, it looks like if your quip can like draw out laughter from people, you actually gain a reward die for it. Which I think is so cool. (laughs) I actually have the quip deck for, uh, they came from beneath the sea upstairs. And it is, yeah, I do. And I'm telling you guys, I know, I think when you look at these games, the first initial thought is, uh, maybe, but as someone who has spent some time looking through the game from beneath the sea and someone who spent a lot of time talking with Matthew Dawkins, I think I've talked to him twice about the game. This game is one of those where you can sit down and play, you know, house on the haunted hill for one night. And just have a hell of a good time playing it. And um, I'm sure for some reason I cannot find my PDF of the book. I had it pulled up and then I closed it and I cannot figure out where I saved it. I like the idea of like, you know, we talked about this with uh, they came from Beneath the Sea. We talked about the different character classes. Nolan and I kind of broke those down and they do that again with these. And I like the very first one you look at is the dupe. And (laughs) I was reading through this and I could just see that, you know, this guy who has like the dumb luck who you know, happened to just miss, like goes walking down this trail where there's this massive pit and he makes it through it. And you're like, well, how did you miss the massive pit?
1: Oh, "Oh, it's it's totally shaggy from Scooby-Doo, right? (laughs) (laughs) Somehow helps out incidentally, accidentally, you know, smokes too much weed or whatever and gets through the day. But, Right, exactly. I think these games would be also a fun one for, you know, I always think about Sheree who has the ever-evolving planeswalker of Doxy that shows up in every campaign. And you could totally pick a character and play through all of these. And again, do it like that. That's what kept coming back to it. It's like, you create your own Scooby-Doo people that go on these different hunts and That's what you I mean, the characters are, you know, you've got the hunter who's kind of Fred, you got the brainiac who's kind of the scientist, which is like, it's a Scooby Doo thing for me. And I kept getting that reference a lot there. But I was like, I want to play Ash and the Evil Dead. Uh, I want to always be Ash and have the quips of, you know, here's my boomstick. And uh, you just kind of keep doing these. Yeah, you keep keep doing these different things, you know, Duke Nukem out there or whatever, or is riding along shotgun with Shaggy and Scoob, man. Like, let's go.
2: Also, maybe I got this wrong. But I don't think that this is a, a tabletop RPG that simulates what an older horror film is like. I think you are ta- like literally making a movie.
0: Yes and no you, are, so pl- you, you are, are
2: playing the creation of the script.
0: essentially, yeah, you but but you the story that you're doing is the movie, right. So it's not like yeah. you, okay, when I said you're gonna play House on the Haunted Hill, uh, I love so I think it was page 16, they start with like there's a section on inspiration. like here's a bunch of movies that you can go watch to develop some inspiration. So the idea being is you as the director sits sits down and says, okay, I want to create a game that's similar to the fall of House of Usher. I want oh, yeah. this creepy setting and we have these actors like Nolan's playing the dupe. Zach's playing this guy. uh He's going to play this person and we're going to have these, these actors, these parts. And I have to think about how that's going to work. In fact, the opening story is kind of a, they're going to castle Dracula's castle. Right. And there's like, there's some smart assery that goes on. I, as I was reading through it and maybe it's just, maybe it's because I just finished, um, uh, Rocky Horror. As I was reading through it, I'm getting total riffraff vibes from the uh, from the um, the butler that's answering the door, and and total riff, uh, Rocky Horror vibes from how the actor or the the players are doing it, which I believe was a game that they actually played that Matthew uh, uh, directed, story told, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's the whole concept, and it's just like what they came from, uh, beyond the, they came from beneath the sea. You're playing the movie. You know, everybody is a person in the movie and they've all come together to solve this problem. Whereas they came from beneath the sea was classic old cheesy B sci-fi movies that you would have watched on mystery science theater. Yeah. now we have the horror ones. And then the next book in this series is called they came from classified, which is James Bond and Austin Powers and things like that. I love I, 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 you know, guys, these, I have to play these
1: games because I, 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 the biggest thing I would say from this is as you're looking through it, number one, go in it with, this is going to be fun, not serious, right? We're going to do these really horrible things. And it's like you said, do it with the side note of being a smart ass, like over the top type character. You're not rolling in with a character with a damaged backstory that's trying, you know what I mean? Like we're not vexing and vaxing this type of thing. Like you're grogging this. Okay. So come in with a mindset of that. You're going to be grog in this world. And because weird things are going to happen of, you know, the, the scene cuts of, you know, bring in the stun dumple and everybody survives, or, you know, you, you fill in the gaps of what the fade to black type situation. And, and the only comment that gets made is like, so that's the second use for a rubber duck. And, and, and you don't know how you lived. So yeah. And that's, I mean, that's exactly how it was. And they came from uh, beyond uh, beneath the sea
0: was like, yeah, you're facing a total party kill. And if you have a pool that's big enough, you can be like, wait, we would like a fade to black and you get to survive, but you can't talk about it. You can make little quips like Nolan just said is "Ah, I didn't really use a pineapple that way, you know, things like that. And you can be as silly as you want with it. And I think that's what, to me, that's what makes this game so much fun it's just neat to be able to sit down and play this kind of of game where you're like okay you are dealing with some you know heavier stuff like devil worshipers and human sacrifice and stuff like that but then you got shaggy and 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 ash teamed up together to try to solve the fucking problem <laughs> and i mean and even like the hunter you can't tell me that's not ash right that's one of the character classes the hunter and
1: it says yeah, get... go ahead yeah I, I think it does a very good job of finding Everybody's going to have that person, right? They'll hate that guy from that show or they'll love that guy or all I can think of is uh, uh, the prep, right? Uh, to, you can't even – like my dad's going to sue you, Jason, before he gets his head cut off, right? Like, it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you, do you even know who my father is? like, oh my God, I cannot not believe you're doing this to me right now. Uh, exactly. So –
0: one of the things that I really liked about I was looking at some of the rules that, and again, I didn't have a whole lot of time and I really wanted to spend more time, but I have spent quite a bit of time looking at the came from beneath, uh, beneath the sea. One of the things that I love about the rules is the idea of the how how dice rolling works. And like um, this is a story path game. And so when you roll the dice, there are ways to succeed. It may not be a great success. like, okay, you succeeded, but there's consequences for your success. But then like one of the examples they gave was is the the player rolled the dice, needed you only succeed on an eight, nine or ten. I thought that was important to remember. So the player rolls the dice, they failed, but they got one success. They needed like two successes and they got one. and they get to bank that success. It's like, okay, you failed, but guess what? you get to hold on to that success and you can use that die later. And I thought that was a really neat way of doing things um and i also like like i said i love the idea of developing a pool where you can insert things um the quips if you can get people to laugh and and i think there is even a spot where if you have multiple quips in use you can vote on which one you thought was the best and that's the one that got the extra die
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i patrick you've played a lot more storyteller and story path games than we have you know going back all the way to Vampire the Masquerade. I know I have literally only played Vampire the Masquerade. I guess my question is does the meta nature of how the game plays out, do you think that fits with story like the story path game? I do. Yeah. Because for those who haven't got to read it yet, like it's incredibly meta. Like one of the things they're called rewrites And taking directoral control where you have enough successes and the example is like two imps are running by, okay, I'm going to spend some successes and yes, the imps are, you know, running around the house, but I do find a protective seal, which if we can get them into it, we'll put them away. And that's not like, that's a player dictating what is in the world, not them finding what's in the world already.
0: Keep in mind, that's how these games are written.
2: Um, yeah you play, like um uh... my question is do you think that store like the story path system is a good fit or should they have, do you think it's a good fit for this or not? Could they have like I, I made do. a brand new one, or do you think this was the right I, call?
0: I like the fact that Onyx Path is all in on the Story Path system. If you look at some of their games, except for the ones that are five E, uh, Dystopia Rising is a great example. Dystopia Rising started as a LARP. They created the the um, if I remember correctly, it started as a LARP, uh, and then they created the um, the game based on it, and they use the Story Path system. I love the idea of succeeding, but at a cost. I love the idea of in this case, it's it's taking the story path system and putting the they came from spin on it right and in the idea being that you know you have the ability as because you are playing the you are the characters but yet you are creating a movie so you have the ability to be that diva actor or actress and be like nope that's not going to work for me and i think that's hilarious and you have an i you have the opportunity using this system to work the the story like you said zach um there's two imps running around but uh, and another example they gave was, is um, if you succeed high enough, like they're, so they're talking about the butler, right? They're trying to enter Dracula's castle. There's a butler who's being very he's just being a dick. And the the they have to roll to, you know, get themselves uh, into the house. And the Matthew tells them, OK, you can come in, but keep on un- understand he's not going to be nice to you. But there's a way to get around that. You can get around that by scoring enough successes. And so the the player rolls the dice. She scored enough successes to get around the the issues that they're going to have with the butler. And now they take it so where the butler, who is going to be, you know, just shitty to them the whole time, who's going to be somewhat friendly now towards that character. And it allows them to open up that gameplay a little bit. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I think the story pass system is perfect for this. I really do. And I think. I really feel like this is a game that you need to sit down and play to get the full appreciation. And again, I have the benefit of having to talk to Matthew, having talked to Matthew a couple times about this game, that I have a a decent, I won't say working knowledge, but at least an idea of how the game is played. I'm not an expert by any means, but I know how the theme or the spirit of the game goes. And much like when vampire first came out the 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 rule was there are no rules right if it doesn't work for you it doesn't work for you reading through this they're saying listen if you have these two abilities and in like you want to do something and that ability doesn't necessarily line up with what you want to do but this one does make your case if that works great go for it and i think that that kind of system sets up freedom for players to be able to like listen i i want to do this i'm not really good at athletics so to speak but i can jump really high because of this and is it possible like or i can do triple backflips because i got really high acrobatics can i use that instead and i'm just using that as an example right um there's ways to do that in this system Uh, it doesn't lock you into okay i want to do this well you can't do it unless you have this
1: I, i was gonna say i have um as we've played games and stuff like that, I've grown to enjoy the, the two combination systems so much more from a storytelling standpoint. Um, I think there, again, it, it allows for a way to create the scene of in and D. If I, if I want to get information out of the guard, I intimidate them. Can I intimidate them? Sure. You know, like it, it's just very, very simple versus like grog, the barbarian. I'm, you know, I look like the rock. He's a tiny little, you know, butler, Um, can I use strength and intimidation and just impose my will on him? Or I'm a warlock. I'm super creepy. Can I use my, you know, my intimidation with my, uh, you know, with some sort of charisma or something like that, or a little bit of magic with my shadow, you know, where you see Gandalf get bigger, you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's almost an arcane intimidation. Um, And I find that that again, leads to can I intimidate? I'm sure. How are you going to do it? Well, I'm really strong and I'm really this. Can I just, you know, yeah. Okay. It helps create the scene versus so many times I pick the lock. I pick the lock. I pick the lock. Well, how are you going to do it? Well, I'm not good at picking locks. Can I get through the, you know, I'd like to open the door Well, it's locked. Here's what I'm going to do. You know, I've got this and this and this. Can it work? Yeah. We're going to combine it. It creates a scene together.
0: Yeah. You can MacGyver the scene, so to speak, right? You can say, okay, you know what? I can't pick locks. However, I can do this. And I can do this.
1: Does that work? Yeah. Well, fuck yeah, it works. Let's do it. I like, and I, I really have liked that. I, I like the the finding a way of combination of, like you said. Well, does anybody have a medicine check? No, I don't know anything about medicine. But this dude's bleeding. Can I cauterize the wound? I've seen it once on TV. You're like, yeah, sure, why not? You know, here you go. Godspeed. Good luck. So. You know, there's ways of you probably doing more harm than good, but I guess he's not going to bleed out now. Like he needs a real doctor, but you bought him two days and and you don't feel helpless in those moments of I have four skill points. Like, good luck. I'm really good at two things. Does
0: that answer your question, Zach?
2: Yeah, no, like you have so much more experience. I was wondering if, yeah, I wanted your opinion on that. I so the
0: story path system is 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 an option of the storyteller system. And it was done that way very deliberately for Chronicles of Darkness. And and it ultimately ended up becoming Onyx Path thing. Um, I love the story path system. I love the idea of, yes, you rolled the dice. No, you didn't get enough successes, but you did get one. And instead of like in this case, what they came from, you bank that dice, like in the story path system is you got that one success. You know what? You were crawling through that air duct and everything is great, you're going to try and you know drop down quietly into the that office. Well, you're in the office, but the whole air duct came down with you. Good job. Or you were able to come down, but you broke the desk on your way down because you didn't realize it was as flimsily built as, as it is, and now you've set off an alarm. You're there, and now you have three minutes to get done what you wanted instead of an hour. So I think that adds to a game. I think that adds to the flavor of the game. And I think it makes it so where players don't feel so. Oh, I don't have herbalism, so I can't do that. Even though Zach has working knowledge of it, even though Nolan has working knowledge of it, like Nolan said, I can carterize the wound. Well, unless you have medicine of at least one, you can't. No, no, you can. You saw it on TV one day. <laughs> it might be sloppy as hell, but you can do it. <laughs> not sure why yeah. you put it on his arm when his
1: leg was cut. It's a long way from his heart. He'll be fine. Right. That works. Exactly. (laughs) And I love the, uh, the um,
0: uh, player classes that are in this book, Uh, the hunter, the professor, the mystic, the mysterious man kind of thing, I think is what I saw. Something like that. And I like that. They give you these breakdowns of like tropes and they talk about their perspectives and they talk about like, here's some key attributes that you have uh, as well as some key skills they did this very same thing as Nolan and I were breaking down They Came From Beneath the Sea. They did the very same thing in in that book. Um, And I just, I think it's really cool. I think it's neat that you have this stuff. Like here, unless my notes deceive me, I'm looking at the professor, right? professor, yeah. Yeah, you have everything written down on paper, even those trivial details others might have forgotten. Once per story, you may ask the director for a clue relating to a monster's activities and they will provide you with that clue. That's a cool little trait, right? That's a great trope. And I think that's fun. And it talks about we must prepare carefully. Jumping into something without thinking it through is not your thing. You always make sure to know what you're getting into. Why wouldn't you? You're a professor. You know, even mad scientists take the time to try to. I mean, they may be off and they're on in La La Land as they're doing it, but they still take the time to do that. I think that they came from series is a breath of fresh air to RPGs instead of having the serious fantasy settings or the serious horror settings or, or any of that. We get a dash of horror with a whole bucket load of comedy and where we have, I have seen us play games, our group, right? Sit down and play games where something happens and we're belly laughing so hard that our sides ache and we walk away from that going, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. I've watched critical role episodes where Grog is a great example Goes off on something and or Scanlon went off on something and you're laughing so hard because it was way outside the story norm and it was just so much. I mean it breaks Matt. You see Matt just completely drop the dice because he can't do anything because he's laughing so hard. That's what you get from these games. You get those moments. You get those moments where you all get to laugh and have fun together while still telling this horror story so to speak. And I, and I think that's really cool cool and i think that's one of the reasons well it's not one of um that's why i'm so excited to play these games that's why when they come from classified comes out i will not hesitate to back it even though i haven't received this book yet uh i have been adamant about picking up the the releases as they come out there's uh like i said there's a jump start for this game there's actually already a supplement for this game that was released uh and and it was only like three dollars and i was like yeah i'll pick that up why not um these are just fun. And I think the story path system is just wonderful for these types of games. All right. Well, I've been rambling. So <laughs> I, was there any character classes that you guys looked at that you particularly liked?
1: Uh, I I like I liked the Hunter. I thought it was great because, again, the whole time, like I just those guys always crack me up in those movies. Like they never live through, but they always act super tough. And I think that's just fantastic.
2: How about you, Zach? I think the modular nature of the game really deemphasizes emphasizes That kind of character class. like The only thing you really get to choose is your trope. Which I actually like a whole lot more with the story path system. I think the biggest problem with Vampire the Masquerade is that the disciplines don't use its own system. Each one is a rule in and of themselves. And so why would I tell my storyteller what I want to do? and have him be like, yeah, that's going to take a drive check when I didn't put any points in the drive, when I could instead just say, I'm going to use these tentacles, I know what dice I'm going to roll, I have a dice pool of nine dice, I know I automatically succeed. Like, in my experience, we just ended up using our disciplines to solve everything because the risk was so much lower. Having just a thing where, like the professor, like, man, I take notes, you got to give me a clue. Like and be like, that's the only thing that's guaranteed. That's the only thing that you get. Everything else you have to tell your storyteller or the director in this case, what you want to do. And they're going to tell you what you have to roll. So I think the best part about it is that the modular system is like it's more like a theme than it is a class, which I think fits so much better. So
0: let me ask you both this. Is this a game you'd be willing to play? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think so, too. Uh, I don't have any issues with them. I, I think that they're small enough as well. and that You know, I don't know. I don't feel like there's an overarching commitment to, you know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah, people are together. You find yourself a camp, you know, Lake David like David or whatever. Straw, yeah, know? like it's, you can hop in, you throw it. And I think that's kind of one of those things, too, that we've seen with how quick we've been to check out other games because of 5e. Once you know the system, the system gets easier. You can go play anything in it once you know how the dice works and make it up as you go. Um, So, I, I, yeah, I think it would be fun. And, again, it it does lead that self, too. I could see it full on being a, um, you know, you could put together your own Scooby-Doo team that goes around and investigates these different things and have people that are for science or I'm here to protect you or – You know, I mean, again, like you can, like Zach was saying, you can hop into that theme and really lean into it and everybody's kind of got their role of what they're good at and you just solve mysteries together as a bunch of meddling kids.
0: And that would be fun. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think so too. Like, again, like we we talked about from the coming with the mindset of this is going to be silly, right? Um, I know a couple of the scenes there, they were talking about like, you know, the wolf man's attacking the lady, the lady pulls the trigger, you're out of bullets, You're out of bullets, you know, and there's one person that's like out the window. We got to jump out the window and the Wolfman lunges and the players are like, you know, we have no bullets. We're up on top of this hill or whatever, and it fades to black and the next thing, you know. At that point, you know, so and so is putting six silver bullets into her pocket, and the other one looks at the other one's like, Yeah, that's definitely the last time I leave the house without extra ammo. And that's all they said about this thing. Like, you don't know. So, like, I don't know. The scariest and funnest parts of uh, movies in general, in my mind, is the stuff they don't explain for you. My mind is way more messed up, so, or more fun. So, you're like, Yeah, I can, I, we can talk about it, but each person is going to have their own idea of how we got out of that situation, and it's going to be absolutely perfect for each of them which I think is cool. Yeah, I agree.
0: I, I I really can't wait for this book to get out to the general public, you know, so more people can start playing this. Um, this and and again, I, I've said this a million times now. I know uh, I would love to play They Came From Beneath the Seed because you have that same, it's the same concept, right? Except now it's sci-fi instead of horror. Uh, and I love sci-fi. So, so yeah, um, I think it's great. I totally, totally am bought in on this system in this game.
1: They're fun, right? And I think that's a big thing. They're a fun thing to read through. The art's good. The quips one, it makes you chuckle as you read it. Again, if you're going to look at these, come up with a mindset of it's going to be comedy. So,
0: Yep, comedy with just a dash of horror. Yeah, and you, know, you, you keep mentioning the art. I do want to say that I know that if you are a fan of um, Magic the Gathering, Ken Meyer Jr., who is a huge Magic the Gathering artist, he's done a lot of the artwork for this book. So oh, very cool. Yeah. So that's something that people should if they recognize or if they're magic fans and they recognize any of the artists, Ken Meyer Jr. is in this book. So the
2: art is fantastic. I Looking at some of it right now. Yeah, they did. They do a great job. You know,
0: and again, it's an Onyx Path book. We know we've seen the quality of Onyx Path books. They're always really good. Uh, I've never had an Onyx Path book where I'm like, well, this is shit. Um, I will say, though, the uh, Mage 20th Anniversary book edition book is just so freaking massive that it's hard for that spine to hold up. That makes (laughs) sense. Yeah, it might have been better in two different books, but that being the case, Check this game out, guys. Uh, there is a note. There is a link in the show notes for the jump start. There is a link in the show notes for the show that we did with Matthew about they came from beneath the sea. If you're just curious how the whole thing works, Matthew, this is his baby, so he, he does a great job explaining that they came from systems. So, I highly recommend you check that out. Other than that, I don't think we have anything else for this week, fellas. Am I missing something? Not that I'm aware of.
1: I'm sure there's something on the horizon that we'll get excited about here quickly. Oh, I'm sure.
2: Well, cool. We're going to do. We're gonna have a lot to do in early 2022.
0: Yeah, and getting a lot of books. I'll probably need a new bookshelf, which yeah. makes me happy. It'll probably make my wife sad,
1: but whatever. It's a good problem.
0: It is. <laughs> All right, well, that is our show for this week's, everybody. Um, not sure what our topic will be next week, but we'll figure something out, and I'm sure it'll be fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye.
2: Bye.